Okay, we're learning Dafya test. We're starting from the bottom. Mishnah Yirches Mebez at the new parak. So, until now, we've been talking about problems with rain, right? Problems, rain's supposed to come at a certain time. It still doesn't come. And we learned about all the different possibilities of time. But basically, we started saying that um, the 17th of Cheshwin, already the Echidim start fasting. And then already by Rosh Chodesh Kislev, we institute a fast for the community. And there's a progression how severe the fasts are. There are three series of fasts, three, three, and then another seven. So this was all in regard to water. So now the Mishnah gets on a little bit of a tangent. All the fasts that we mentioned before, Revere Rishonah, that's all about when the first rains are delayed. And it doesn't mean the first rains versus the second rains. The Gemara will elaborate on that. But it means it's all in terms of the issue is with the amount of rain falling in the right time. Let's say it is raining, but there's some irregularity with the crops that are growing. There's something strange about them. And, um, and it's, gonna, it's, it's not going to be good. We're not going to be able to eat it. And that's a total emergency. Because when the crop can be ruined, it's not that there's a delay in something, but it's more the opposite. There are signs that right now, the way that the crop is growing, it's not going to be usable. So then it's, a, it's like a state of emergency on the spot. You start crying out immediately. In other words, there's no initiation, maybe the achidim, and then more severity, so on and so forth. But rather, right away, we make a fast days with all the stringencies of like the most severe of everything. Remember, like by the water, the last seven of the third series, that is where we hit the most, the biggest chumras. So here we hit that immediately when the crops um, have changed. Similarly, Let's say the rains weren't falling between the first rains and the second rains for 40 days. Meaning the first rain did come on time, but now 40 days have passed and the second rains haven't come. There as well, that's a big problem. You have to cry out for them. This is a food shortage. Now, it's not this is a food shortage. The Gemara is going to clean that up. It means that it might cause a food shortage because... What happens is after the first grains, the crops will start growing. But if the second follow-up grains don't come, that, that has to help them grow, so it's just going to cause them to die. So basically, the theme is, if there's just a delay in everything, so no, no issue. But once there's going to be real damage, then we have to crowd immediately. So if the first rains is like an ironic thing, but more can be less. Better that it doesn't rain at all than it rains the first rain, and now there's a significant delay before the second rain. That's just going to absolutely kill all the, all the crops that are growing. Uh, let's say enough rain fell for the crops, but not for the trees. And we'll see exactly what that means. There's a certain type of rain. Or enough fell for the trees, but not for the crops. It fell for both. But not enough to fill all the water holes, which means is a way of saying there's not enough drinking water. Again, there, there's immediate... Um, we cry, we, we cry out immediately. So again, the same thing. If there's just a delay in the rain, so maybe it'll rain later. But here, but here where the, we need immediately relief because it did rain, but it didn't, it didn't come in the way that we need for that. So then we have to cry out immediately. Let's say it was a town where no rain fell, meaning it rained somewhere else. But in this rain, in this town, it didn't fall. So they're the same thing where it seems like it's being singled out for being punished. It seems like it's, a, it's being cursed specifically this town, so then we have to cry out immediately there. We have the Pasuk, it says in the Pasuk that Hashem is cursing from Amos, that theoretically there will be a time where it will rain on one city and it won't rain on another, or one field will rain and it won't rain on another. So again, continuing the same idea, is that if it's just a delay, we see the rains haven't come, so great. So, so, so we, can, we can ease into it slowly. But when it just seems like it's a specific curse on a specific issue or a specific town or field, so then we're going to cry out right away. Oh, so a year. So that's it. It didn't have rain. Top of the Aleph, Masonimus, Ra's fast, and it cries out right away. All the surrounding cities. So it's interesting. You would say they're sitting pretty. They don't have to do anything. But that's not the case. Why? Because a food shortage in one city will affect this city because the economy will be depleted. So what's going to happen? Everybody from the neighboring town that didn't get any rain is going to come over and try to... 
and, and heighten the demand in this city to get stuff. So even the, the neighboring cities, even may, they, might have, they may not have to fast and cry, but they are affected and therefore they do something. So what do they do? So the first opinion in Tanakhama says, Ms. they fast, but they don't cry out. So in other words, they're engaged, they're, they're participating, but they don't have to cry out. They don't do the whole special Aninu and everything, but they do have a fasting. They do cry out, they do have the shofar and the aninus and all that, but they do not fast. It's an interesting type of dispute. In what way do they, do, do, are they participating? By fasting or by the opposite, by crying out? Let's say there's another issue, nothing to do with water at all. There's, there's a dever, there's a sort of plague where people are dying or a building's have collapse, meaning there's like a strong winds which are coming or earthquakes which are coming and these natural disasters here have been knocking down buildings. So there, that's, a, that's an affliction for that exact city. Also here, so that is city fast and cries out. And the surrounding cities, they fast but don't cry. Just the opposite, they fast, but they do not um, but they do not. But they do not fast. So here, it seems like it's more of like a sympathy issue, right? Because it's hard to see how they'd be directly affected, unless we say that we're nervous that it's going to spread or something like that. Though it's, it's hard to understand with something like the earthquake, but maybe maybe we're concerned for potential spread or protect, perhaps it's just the surrounding areas. They 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 see the pain. They see the pain of their neighbors, so they should be involved um, on some level. So the mission was saying that there's a dever, that there's this sort of like plague where people are dying that we cry out. So the more wants to know an obvious question: Azu dever. What constitutes a plague? In other words, a few people are always dying, but what, what is a dever? Let's say you have a city that can have 500 people on foot, meaning 500 strong, strong bodies, like you know, men, soldier types of bodies. You have some men who give them mason, and three regular of these people die of natural causes. And three consecutive days, meaning one person dies each day. So if that, in other words, it's proportionate. So if you have you know, times three, so then it would have to be three times that amount of people dying. It's all per 500 people on, on that, that, have, that, can, that can fight in the army, like 300 strong people, so then you have three people dying in three days, one each day. That constitutes a dever. If it's less than that, ain't that dever, that's not considered a dever, so there's no need to cry for such a thing. We talk about this a lot by the, the numbers by Corona, like everybody was, quote, was quoting this Mishnah to figure out if there should be like a public hasra, like this was the question, what, did, did this constitute dever? Continues the Mishnah. These next things that we're going to have, these calamities, we cry everywhere. Meaning, when the news comes, we're, we're concerned that it's going to spread. So, therefore, we cry out in any place. What are the, what, what are these places? What are the issues? Al shidafon, shidafon are like some blast of wind, and they destroy grain. Al yerakon for yellowing. In other words, it's it's such an intense drought that it um, it, it yellows the. The crops, these are different types of locusts. If there are some beasts that are attacking people, for sword, sword means that there are armies, foreign enemies that are passing through land. These we cry out immediately for any of the calamities wherever we are. The common denominator of these, of these things is that they travel. So even if it's local in one, pl- in one place right now, but still everybody should fast and cry because they might soon be affected. So that, in other words, until now we've been saying like ideas of like things that can come to a specific region, a specific place. But here we're talking, but they cry out right away. But here we're saying, as soon as you hear news of like something like that is happening, you hear about some locusts, even if it's not in your country at all, you also start crying out. 
The Mishnah gives us an example. Because it's once happened that the older people of the Sanhedrin went out to Yerushalayim. They left, you know, they all were from different cities in Yerushalayim, but they left Yerushalayim to go to their private towns in Eretz Israel to declare a fast day. Even because in Ashkelon, which is all the way in the southwest border, but they saw an oven's mouth of wind blast damage to grain. So they noticed a tiny amount of damage to the grain from wind blast in Ashkelon, which is like, you know, border town all the way in the southwest in the Gaza. And all the rabbis dispersed from the Sanhedrin to head home and, and institute public fastings. So it makes me very interested to know. I mean, this is like, we speak about it like it's such a phenomenon, but Israel is a, is, is a small place, right? So they were on Yerushalayim and they went to all their cities in Eretz Israel. I don't know how today, you know, where we live in more of a global impact, where we read the news about something happening in the Far East, where it's so far and distant and removed from our lives, you know, would we have the same thing if there was a plague of locusts? Do we feel the same way? Or is this more of like a local thing, at least to the country where they used to live in the olden times? But oh, and what also happened, Gazer is they decreed a fast. They heard that the wolves that devoured two children right on the Avar Yardin on the other side of the Jordan. So they, they, they all left the Sanhedrin and they went home and made a public fast day because again, such a thing is a spreading type of calamity and everybody needs to cry out right away. Rabbi Yossi Omer, even more of a novelty. It wasn't even that the wolves had eaten the children. They had just been seen in the city. So meaning that itself is, a, is an oddity. It's strange to have the wolves appear in the city. But just from the appearance of the wolf in the city, um, they, even though they hadn't even eaten anybody, but they, they still instituted the fast day. All right, the next part of the mission we actually quoted before. Normally, our approach is that on Shabbos, it's against the, the peace, the serenity of the Shabbos to daven and cry on Shabbos. That's why we, you know, we're careful from, from excessive davening. Uh, for private things and definitely for crying. But the Mishnah says, there are certain types of calamities that are so, um, such an emergency that we cry out in davening, even if it would be Shabbos, we'll say the Aninu Avinu, Aninu Avinu Aninu type of prayer. And we say at the end of Slichos, um, we do such a thing. As we learned before, we don't blow the shofar necessarily, but the special tefillah of Aninu, we would have. Let's say it's, um, there's this, there are guys who are surrounding, besieging the city. Onahar, or there's a river that's threatening to flood. There's, this, there's a ship that's tossing out at the sea. It's in danger of sinking. Rabbi Yossi says, this that we cry, it means we only cry out for help. Doesn't mean that we cry out of davening. In other words, to try to save people's lives, it seems like this is bikuach nefesh or whatnot. So we definitely try to do whatever we can. We go to cry for help, but 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 just for davening, we don't necessarily do it. And the reason is an interesting svar. Rashi said back on Daf Yudal when we had this is that we're not sure that our tefillahs were going are going to be answered. So the Rabbanan didn't want to be so lenient with the peace of Shabbos just to daven um, against the spirit of Shabbos. So according to Rabbi Yossi, there's actually no aninu Hashem aninu which is added to the tefillah on the Shabbos. The same thing, it could even be for Dever, for plate. So in other words, it's specifically like, you know, these like time sensitive, like crazy things like that, like a sink, uh, the boat sinking at sea or something like that. That's where we have it. But for just, just for general calamities, even though we normally would cry out for them, but their approach would be that on Shabbos we do not. Now the mission makes a summary. Basically, if you just want to sum it up for every calamity that, 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 that we don't want to happen, right? And the mission says, Shalotavo, but, but it means that that's happening, right? It's like, it's, it's a euphemism. It means that it, it is happening. And all those stars, we would cry out, Masri, let me cry out, the one thing, which it can be horribly burdensome and annoying, but we wouldn't cry out for is that if there's too much rain. Because it's very annoying, and this and that, we don't need it. But Lamai said, we don't, we don't, we don't dive into stop bracha. So we don't cry out if there's excessive rain. Says the Mishnah story. My saw there was once a story. They said to Choni, the one who was a magal, used to make a circle, and we'll, we will learn about the story why he's called that. His, they said to him, his he was a bit of a miracle worker. 
So they said to Mizbal Shiyadik Shavim, please daven that the rain should fall. Amalahem, he said, Suvich Nisu, Tanure Psachim, go out and bring in the ovens that were used to prepare the carbon Pasach, meaning they used the ovens and it hadn't rained, so they were just sitting outside. And he's saying to them, I'm so confident that it's going to rain that you should move in the oven so that they won't get, uh, that they won't get damaged from the, from the upcoming rains. Right, so it's not exactly because they don't dissolve in the rain. His father, the other he started davening, still no rain fell. Ma'asa, what did he do? Aguga, he drew a circle. He stood in the circle. He said to your children have turned their faces to me. They're relying on me. I'm just like a little, you know, I'm a ben bias of Akadosh Baruch I'm just a member of your household. I hereby swear in, the, in your great name. I refuse to move from this spot. From this circle, until you have mercy on your children. So what happened? The rain, the rain began to trickle. Amar Choni said, This is not what I'm asking for. What it is that I'm asking for is a lot more rain. Rain that's going to fill even the drinking water. I'm not looking for a little bit of rain. I want even the drinking water supply to be filled. So what happened after that? The rain began to, to fall, but like, like, like a strong, angry rain. I don't want such rain. I want a good type of rain that's blessing and kind. The rain fell good. The Jews had to leave Yerushalayim. They had to leave and they had to go to the mountain, right? They had to go all the way to the Harabais. Was that a higher... A higher, a higher place. When they shake shaman because of the rain. So the people said, do the same way that you've been davening until now for the rain to fall. So too, now you should daven that the rain should stop because now it's excessive. He said, go out and see if the stone of the Evanaton has been covered. So the Evanaton is a place where it was like, um, it was, it was like a lost and found kind of thing. If anyone who lost something would announce it there. So it's called Evanaton. So it was a very high elevation. So it was a type of thing, if it would have been so high, it would have been a threat for people to drown. So then at that point, he would have davened. But he said, go check, go check. If, if it was not that way, I'm not going to re- daven for the rain to stop. So this is kind of like the reiterating the theme that the Mishnah had said, that we don't stop at Masra when, when there's too much rain, because so what that there's too much rain? If it's going to threaten people's lives, people might drown, then, we, then Choni would have davened, but otherwise not. And this approach, sent him the following message. If not for the fact that you're Choni, I put you in Cherem, meaning you're a great person and you have a great reputation, so I'm not going to put you in Cherem. But if not for that, I really would put you in Cherem. Why? Because here you are, speaking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, was like so brazen and disrespectful, almost in a certain way. His approach in davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, darling the circle, I swear, I'm not going to move, this, that. It was a very brazen approach. He says, How could I punish you for doing that? Your behavior is wrong. Yeah, you sit in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you demand the rain. What's Hashem's response? He does whatever you want. You know what this is like? Eventually, you're like a son who does the wrong thing toward the father. He makes you know, bold demands for the father. And the father still does whatever the son wants. Whatever the son wants. Regarding people like you, the Pazik says, Your father and mother should rejoice, and the one who gave birth to you should be glad. So this is part of the thing that whatever the child does, somehow the parents are okay with that. Now the mission moves on to a new discussion. What happens... Let's say they're fasting. When do fast they start? Fast they start from from dawn, because technically dawn is the beginning of the, of the day. Immediately they're answered, and before the sun even rose. So the Shaila is, do they have to finish the fast? In other words, they began, they were Makabalatinus, but now everything, everything got fixed, and already before sunrise, already they're trained. So they don't have to, they can stop fasting right away. 
Whereas Lachar Nitzacham, if it only rain began to fall only after sunrise, Yashlimu. Then afterwards, they have to finish. So it's an interesting thing. What's the Vart here? The Vart is even though the fast it really begins at dawn, but it doesn't have a shame that you're, you're really fasting until sunrise. Why? Because nobody necessarily eats or drinks right when they wake up necessarily. So only once it became sunrise time and then you still haven't eaten. So then we could say, okay, you're already fasting. So once you're fasting, you should complete. But if, it, if it's not even sunrise yet, so there's not, it's not nickered in any way that that's as a shame of its own. So since it's not nickered in any way that that was a fast from where just because you hadn't eaten until sunrise, um, so then you don't, have to, you, don't, you don't have to continue fasting at all. Now we learn another opinion. Rabbi Yezer Omar, he says he's more lenient. Even if it didn't rain, but it rained in the morning before chatzos, you don't have to finish. Because sometimes people don't eat until chatzos. Sometimes the first meal you get to is lunch. If it only begins to fall after midday, then you sleep. Then they have to fast. So he's saying a more lenient approach that if it rained any time in the morning, you don't have to finish. Continues the Mishnah Ma'ayi. So there was a story. She goes to Tainas Belod. They want to create a fast in the town of Lod. It rained in the morning. Amal Rav Tavram Tavram said, go out, drink, and make it a yantiv. They came back to the shul in the afternoon. They read the halal hagadol. Like the imams treated it like a yantiv. They said, right, that, that pasuk, when well, we have, you know, they were thinking of Kodesh Baruch for providing the rain. So we see from that story, the irony, how it went from being an intention to be a fast day, but it rained in the morning, and then they were treating in the afternoon like a total, um, like a total celebration. Okay, so the Mishnah started off that we only do these fast days if the first rains are, de- are delayed. So the Gemara says, It applies only when the first rains were delayed. So that's mashma that we begin fasting if the first rains are delayed. Right, the earliest first rains, which are supposed to come in the beginning part or the, the latter part of Cheshwan, it's Mashman, we start fasting as soon as the first rains are delayed. But we wait a second, that's not true. Remember, we had three different parts of the Yorah rain, and we say that for the first one and second one that are delayed, we just daven. But if the third one is, de- is delayed, then we start fasting. So meaning, it, it, we only start fasting if the third part of the early rain has come, meaning the time for the third part of the early rain has come and still has, it, it still has a rain, that's when we declare fast. So that's a, con- that's a contradiction to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah seems to be saying that if there's a delay even in the first part of the early rain, we start fasting. But the Bryce says we only start fasting if there's a delay in the third part of the early rain. This is what our Mishnah means. What is the order of the fast? When does it apply? When the normal times for the first, second, and third rains of fast, well, you still have the rain. Meaning the Mishnah doesn't mean, as, as, as we thought initially, that as soon as the time for the first rain passes and it doesn't come, then we fast. And it's like dot, dot, dot. You have to like think about it with the Mishnah like that. The time for the first rain, dot, 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 second and third came and didn't rain, that's when we start fasting. Now we under Shamir Vir Shona, but if rain fell on the first time, and the people planted and it didn't grow, or if it grew but it but it changed, it was an abnormality in the growth, then Masrinalemiyad, we immediately cry out. So that's that's the point. The Mishnah means if just the time for the rain is delayed, the first second the time for the first, second, and third rain is passed, and still no rain has come, then we start fasting, we ease into it with the fast for the rain. Mashainkain, if it's raining, but there's a problem in the way that the crops are growing. That is grounds for immediate crying out and fasting, and we take care of that right away. Okay, so now we clarify this thing, what's called a shinoi, the way that the plants are growing. Omar, it has to be a change. Let's say they dried up low. Let's say they were growing, but they dried up, they're withering. So there, there we don't cry out right away. What's the reason? Because it could potentially recover. That's not, that's not something which, is, which warrants an immediate fast. 
Says the Gemara Pshita, it's an obvious point. Why would you think otherwise? Nishtawitzanan, the Mishnah said they changed. The implication is if they just dried out, you wouldn't change it. You wouldn't fast. So why does Rav Nachman clarify that? Says the Gemara, Lotzricha da'akun. What happened was that the stalks grew after the, after the drying up. So Madhim, Akanta Milsa, you may have said that the, grok, the, 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 the growth of the stalk is chashuv, so the crops can recover. So therefore, we should cry out and make a fast. They know it's insignificant. So therefore, the crops still. Um, it, it's still possible that they cannot recover, so crying out would be in vain. So it seems like something interesting like this. I'm sorry, I, th- I believe I said it over a little bit wrong. I'm sorry. Rav Nachman's point that when they dry up, that we don't cry out, it seems like it's more the opposite. We don't cry out because there's no possibility that it could be changed. In other words, once it, once it already grew and now it dried out, that's it. The crops are gone. Not much the opposite. I'm sorry, I think I said it wrong. So since it totally dried out, that's why we don't, we, there's nothing to do. In other words, our fat, it's like, it's like a brachal of atal over here. No matter what we can do, there's no way to salvage those crops. So if it's just a shinoi, they're still growing, so we could daven and maybe the, the, the abnormality will change. But if they already grew, but now they, they, it, it, it already withered and is gone, it already, it already uh, dried up, so then there's no point. So up to Gamar, that's obvious. And for the Gamar, no, you, but what if you see a little bit of growth in the stalk? So you may have said a little bit of growth in the stalk is like it's, you know, it's like a rebirth, something new is coming, so maybe it will grow back. I'm not sure, no, no, no. Once it totally dried out, it's not going to grow back, and therefore it's in vain to fast again, and therefore we don't do it. Says the marble We said if it started to rain and then there's forty days between the first and second rain, so we cry out because that's that is a food shortage. The word means what do you mean that is a food shortage? That's a lack of rain. That's not a food shortage. My makas batzaris. What does it mean? It is a food shortage. The Mishnah means it's an affliction which could come to a food shortage because that's what will happen. The crops won't grow if they started growing sprouting from the first rains and then the second rains are very heavily delayed, then they will not come and there will be a food shortage. Amar Nachman, now we discuss a difference between different severity of food shortages and famines. Now, Tysus is bothered. Who cares, right? What's the difference? So Tysus wants to say that maybe it's only for more severe ones that we cry out right away. That's what Tysus seems to say. So we want to know what's a real severe famine-like food shortage and what's just like, okay, there's not enough food around. But it's not so severe. So Amar Nachman, Nahara, Nahara, if it's river to river, but sorta, that's not so bad. That's just like a regular food shortage. Meaning if you don't have food in one city, but you could get it through, through a river transport, it can be brought from the same river. So that's not so bad. That's only a food shortage. It's not a flat, it's not such a severe type of famine. Medinta, medinta, kafta. But if you have to go across a region, you have to go through a land route, you know, like get them carried on a, like a, a donkeys or something like that, camels, then that's more of a famine because that's harder to, to obtain than just uh, shipping it by the river. Says the Gemara, it's the next thing, I, the economics here really drove me nuts. I couldn't figure this out well enough, but I, 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 I don't know economics so well, but let's see. Let's see if we can make sense of this. Amar Abkharina, Sa'a What happens if, if there's an inflation in the price of wheat? So one saw is just for one sala. In other words, for one sala, you get one saw. Normally, for one sala, you get four saw. Okay, so you get, there's a lot of inflation here. It's like inflated four times. But Lamaisa Shikha, there's a lot of wheat. So I mean, you may have to pay a lot of money, but there's a lot of wheat that's available. Batsortas, that's not so bad. That's a food shortage. That's a, you see an inflation in the price, but there's a lot of wheat which is available. However, let's say it's inexpensive. It's for soft or salah. So the price is a nice, normal price. But the problem is, <laughs> there's, not, there's just not that wheat to buy. It's hard to obtain the wheat. So then, kafno, that's much more severe. That's considered a, a, a famine. So basically, the chiddush that we're saying is, even if it's inexpensive, but if you don't have as much food, that's considered a famine. Whereas if you lot, if you have a lot of food, it's just very expensive to buy. So that's not that's not just that's a small thing. That's a, that's a food shortage. That's not such a severe severe famine. That's the point that Reb Hanina makes. Okay, so it's all about how much weed there is, not about how much it costs. That's point A. 
But now, the Gemara makes a qualification, which is a little bit hard to understand. Right? Rabbi Chitzah's point is that if there's a lot of, 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 of food around, even if it's expensive, then that's just a small thing. That's not such a big thing. But That's only true if money isn't expensive. Meaning, if people have the money, so even though the price is a lot, but if people have the money to spend, they've got the coins in their possession, so then it's not such a big deal. So I ah, have to spend a lot to get it. It's not a big deal. My son is a lot of wheat, and you have the money, so even though it costs a lot, that's only a food shortage. That's not considered famine-like. Avo, mo's bioker, Paris bizol. If the money is expensive, what does that mean, money is expensive? It means people are poor. They don't have so much money. So then, even if it's Paris bizol, if people don't have the money to spend, so it's not about how much there is in the market. And it's not, about, it's not about the supply, and it's not about the price. It's about the fact that people aren't holding so much money in their possession. Then, you cry out right away. So the Umar is making that qualification. This that you're saying, if, if, there's a, if there's wheat that's available, then it's just a small thing, not a big thing. That's only true if people are holding money. But the second that people aren't holding money, we couldn't care less. If people are poor and they don't have the money to spend, I don't care how much wheat there is around. That's called an immediate need. You have to cry out right away. I remember, for once you can get four saw for one cell. So that's a very good normal price. But still, there were a lot of people who were starving from hunger in Tveria because there was no money to buy the food. So if you don't have enough money around, people don't have enough money to spend, even if it's a fair price and there theoretically is enough wheat, it's still considered a, 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 a real famine. You have to cry out right away. So let's try to understand what's going on. There's a couple of things that we made that aren't such a big deal. The overall point that Rabbanina made is that when if there's an inflated price, but there's wheat that's around, that's not an issue. That, that's not so bad. That was the main point that we made. Whereas if there's if there's a food shortage, even if there's a fair even if there's a fair price, that is a famine. Okay, so I think that was a pretty clear in the beginning. If there's a lack of wheat, that's considered a famine. But if there's just an inflated price, but people could pay it, so then that's only a shortage. That's not a famine. But the second point for Rabbi Yochanan is, but wait a second. I don't care how much wheat there is available, and I don't even really care what the price is. If people don't have the money in their pockets to go buy it, then that's always called a famine right away, and you cry right away. That's the last point. That's the trickiest part to me. Some of the economics there, how that works, I don't fully get. But that's the point that Rabbi Yochanan makes. All right. Now we further analyze what the Mishnah said. Let's say enough rain fell for the crops, but not for the trees, or vice versa, or not enough for the reservoir. We cried it right away. So the Gemara is trying to figure out the conditions for that. We could understand that rain could fall for crops, but not for trees. Light rains came, but heavy rains did not. So the light rains are good for the crops. The heavy rains are necessary for the trees. We had that Gemara back on top Gimel. So if light rains came and not heavy rains, so then we, we would cry. Or the opposite. We could understand how it came for trees, but not for crops. The Heavy rains came, but not light rains. So since the light rains didn't come, the crops aren't going to grow. The trees are sitting there fine, but the crops aren't going to grow unless there's a light rain. It also both fell. But it wasn't enough for the water holes, ditches, and caves. Meaning, how do you have that? Heavy and light rains came. But not in very small amounts. There was heavy rain and there was light rain, but not so much of either. So therefore, the reservoirs didn't fill up. So we don't have enough in the, in the, in the backup system. But Elad, we understand all that. But Elad, the Tanya, this that it says in the price, the rains fell for the water holes, ditches, and caves. So we have enough of the drinking supply filled up, but it didn't fall for the trees or the rain. How do you have such a case? 
If, if there was a lot of rain and filled up all the reservoir, then obviously it should be enough for the crops of the trees. How is that possible? It says, Torrential downpour came. So that's, that, that's not even good for the trees. There's, there's, so it sounds like there's three things. Light rain, heavy rains, and total crazy downpours. So if there was a crazy downpour that came, so Lamaisa, we have enough supply back up in the reservoir for the drinking water. But Lamaisa, we, need, we still need a normal heavy rain and certainly the light rain for the crops. So then again, we would cry. Says the Gemara, what are the times that we do this? So I have to know a little bit the agriculture here. So it seems that, um, that, 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 that used to be, I mean, we know this, like in, in Nisan time, in the spring, that's when the trees are starting to sprout again. So, we cry out for the rain. If let's say there hasn't been enough heavy rain, so then we're going to cry out Pesach time for the trees, because that's when we say, okay, this is getting really scary now. And for the water holes, ditches, and caves, if they haven't been filled by Sukkah's time. In other words, that's, the, that's, when, that's when we need those reservoirs. It sounds like the reservoirs are used most, Rashi says, for the animals and for irrigation, a little bit more. So that's the time. Um, by Sukkot's time, it haven't been filled, so then we're going to cry out. Whatever at a time that it happens. This is all for the, you know, the backup or the water or for the animals or irrigation. But whenever there's not enough drinking water around town, we cry out right away, even if it's during the summertime. Um, when it's very unusual for rain to fall, so you're basically like asking for a crazy miracle to, to come. It's not that Hashem is delaying the rain. You're, it's in the middle of the summer, so normally you would never cry out for that. But still, we would cry out if there's not enough drinking water. So basically, we're saying like this. By the rains for the trees, we need it really by the spring. If it comes the spring, Pesach time, and still hasn't come, then we dive for the trees' rain. Um, for the... For the, for the backup water, the reservoir water, that's for the animals and the irrigation, we'll usually start only Sukkot's time because until then, we're like, Davin for a miracle, we wouldn't do that, we'll be okay. But if you get to a situation where there's not enough drinking water for the people, then no matter what time it is, even in the summer, you would immediately cry out. What do we mean immediately? It means the same idea on Monday, Thursday, and Monday. So we don't do it that very day and we don't do it consecutive days. We still, it just means the first available Monday, Thursday, Monday. All these things, we only do it in the country that it is affecting right here. Here we mean for the, for the rain of the trees, right? For these types of things, we say only within uh, that, that country. The Oscara, so Oscara is a type of disease, right? Where that, the choking where people are unable to, to breathe. If it's causing people to die, it's not just pain, right? You could have it where it's trouble breathing and then you could have it where people die from it. So if people are dying, you cry out right away. If people are not dying from it, we don't cry out. We cry out for the govai locusts, even the slightest amount. Just a few of those locusts can be very bad. They can wreck havoc. Wreck havoc. And the point is that they come in very large numbers. So if you see a little bit, then you assume more are going to come. But, um, but, but, for, but for another type, let's say Chagov, you wouldn't. Only for the Govai you do. Even for Chagov, we're concerned if you see a few, then more, then it's a sign that a bunch of more are going to come. We cry out for not enough rain of trees in the rest of the years of the Shemitah cycle, but not, um, but, but not during the Shemitah year itself, because that year it's just half care. So we don't really care as much. That's the point. It's, 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 anyways, they're ownerless. So people aren't relying on those fruits as much, right? People stored away fruit and stuff before Shemitah to eat during the Shemitah. People generally aren't that reliant on the Shemitah produce. So if it's during the Shemitah year and there's not enough rain for the trees, we're not as concerned. 
Uh, but if there's insufficient water to fill the reservoirs, right? Everybody needs water even during Shemitah, so then we would cry out even during Shemitah. A dissenting view of Shemitah Lazar Omer, no, even during Shemitah year, we cry out if there's not enough rain for the trees. The poor people are relying on it. So even though the rich people have food that are stored away from before Shemitah, the poor people do not necessarily. So out the poor people, we would cry out if there's insufficient rain for the trees, even during Shemitah. Says the Gemara, very similar, we cry out for insufficient rain for the trees in the other years of the Shemitah cycle, but not Shemitah. But if there's not enough water, to fill the reservoirs, we cry out even during Shemitah. No, we cry out for not enough water for the trees, even during Shemitah year. As we said, because of the svara of the poor. What about for svichim? So what is svichim? Svichim are plants that grow by themselves. Are plants growing by themselves? The answer is in the sixth year, when you were harvesting, maybe some seeds popped out while you were harvesting and they fell into the ground and therefore the ground will naturally produce svichim during the Shemitah year. So therefore, if there's insufficient water for the svichim to grow, that's another svara. Rosh Gamliel is saying, you should daven for the svichim to grow. Again, the poor people are relying on it. So therefore, he has a svara that even though most people don't need the Svichim or the trees during Shemitah, it's just whatever is there. If it's randomly there, they'll take it. But since the poor people are very much reliant on it, therefore we would daven for it even during Shemitah. The rains have become like Timukim, they've tightened up. Meaning that it's not falling as freely as it used to when the base of Mekdash stood. There are, sometimes you'll have one year where the rains are a lot. Unfortunately, there are years where rain is sparse. Sometimes it happens at the right time. There are years where the rain does not come at the right time. What could we compare a year when the rain fell in the right time? So it's a servant whose master gave him, he gives him like a stipend once a week. So he gives him all the grain that he needs on Sunday. So therefore, the, now, when he gives him all that he needs for the week on Sunday, he'll have enough time to properly bake the dough for the next Shabbos, right? Because he knows how to deal with it properly. He's got enough time. Nim says, the dough will be baked properly. will be eaten properly. So too with the rain. If the rain falls early enough at the right time, so the crops have enough time to ripen properly. It's not a rush. They're not rushing to ripen. In contrast, what's it like when the rains come but not in the right time? That could be compared. You know, somebody could say, who cares? You ended up getting the rain, so what's the big deal? But we'll show you the difference. It's like like a servant who he got the weekly stuff only on Friday. So he doesn't have enough time to properly bake. So he does a a rush job. The dough is not baked properly by the time Shabbos comes. Therefore, it's not enjoyed properly. So too, the crops don't really have enough time to ripen properly if the rain doesn't come at the right time. It's an interesting thing, you know, it's like a scientific point almost, that they don't ripen as properly when they're rushed. It's like a, an interesting idea. If there's too much rain, I'm sorry, not too much rain, but if there's abundant rain, enough rain, what's it like? To a servant, the master gave him all the grain for the whole year all at once. So therefore, what's good about that? He can grind. Here it is. There's a little Matthias. Every time you grind, the, the, no matter how much you're grinding, there's going to be a certain amount which will be lost. So it's not necessarily proportionate to how much you're grinding. There's just a certain amount that's going to get stuck to the mill, no matter how much you're grinding. So if you can, it's always better to, to, to grind a lot more at the same time. Because any time you're going to use the mill, you're going to lose a certain amount. So you may as well 
uh, grind a lot at the same time. So if there's a lot of rain, what's it compared to? So it's like a servant, the master gave him a ton of grain for the whole year all at once. So he could grind all of it for the whole year at one time. The millstones are going to grind from the core the same amount that they would grind from a cop. Meaning the loss that's going to happen when you grind is at a minimum. Whatever quantity of grain you're going to put in, the, the, the mill will, it sticks. Some of it clings to the mill. So whatever would be from the core would be from the cob, even though core is 180 times the cob. It's like a ton, so much more. But the same losses you would have when you grind a cob, you'll have when you do a core. So better to get all of the grain at the same time. And what's going to happen now? Venim says, The kneading of the dough consumes... Um, the same thing with the kneading of the dough. The kneading, when you do it, uh, there's a little bit that it eats and will consume as much from a core as it consumes for a cop. In other words, in the same amount that will be lost when you knead um, is, is, will be the same no matter how much, whatever quantity is kneaded together. So too, the amount of rain that's absorbed by the rocky part of the soil is the same if it's heavier or light, meaning there's a certain amount of rainfall that's always absorbed by the rocky soil and is not going to be that helpful for the crops that are going to grow. So if it's raining, Little by little, you know, a little here, a little here, a little there. So you keep on having more losses from the rain. Mashenkin, if it's just an abundant rainfall, then you have, it's very good. The, rain, the soil takes a little bit, that the rocky soil takes a little bit of loss, but then there's a lot more for the crops to go. Mashenkin, in contrast, if there's just sparse rains, it rains a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, that's like, it's like a servant, the master gave him the allotment of grain, he gave it to him little by little. Nimsu, what do we find? The millstones would grind from a core, but they would grain from a kav, meaning the one loss that they would have gotten from result, that would have resulted from grinding the whole core is going to be multiplied every single time they're doing a separate grinding um, of just a cop. And the same thing with the kneading of the dough. If you would have kneaded a whole core of dough together, that would have been the same loss as you're going to have now every single time that you're kneading just the cop. And alternatively, what's it like when there's a lot of rain? Someone who's kneading clay, if he has a lot of water when he's kneading the clay, the water is not used up and the clay is kneaded properly. But if he only has a little bit of water, the water is used up before he finishes kneading and therefore the clay is not kneaded properly. So that's a bit of a different muscle. So the first muscle is like this sense of high irony that whenever whatever supply you're dealing with just there's always going to be certain loss you only want to do it once so you get ample supply of rain at one time the second muscle is just saying like when you're trying to do something with the clay and if you don't if you're if you're if you're needing it and you don't have enough water so it's, it's not going to be needed properly so too here if you're not starting with enough supply at one time so the rain is sparse so it's not going to be able to water the uh the the the, the, the ground properly so it's just everything's going to be messed up so even if it ends up coming that yet after all the sparse rains there is the same amount of one big rainfall, it still is not going to have the same bracha in the crops during that year.